Look with me please in Matthew 8 this morning. We'll continue on a series that we've been on for some time. Matthew 8. We've been talking about what we're calling the greatest faith. The greatest faith. And we see in the ministry of Jesus only two examples where he said someone had the greatest faith. Faith he hadn't seen anywhere else. And of course, the Bible said without faith it's impossible to please him. So faith pleases God. So the more faith, the more pleased. And faith obtains victory. Faith helps you to resist the enemy and have victories. So in, in Matthew 8, 5, I'm reading from today's English version, the TEV. Matthew 8, 5, when Jesus entered Capernaum, there came to him a centurion beseeching him. Now, a centurion was a Roman officer who was over at least 100 soldiers, sometimes more than that, 200 plus. But uh, this Roman officer came and met him and pled with him for help. He said, sir, my servant is sick in bed at home, unable to move and suffering terribly. If you read Luke's account, it says that he loved this servant, was dear to him. In verse 7, Jesus said, I will go and make him well. Praise God. Oh no, sir, answered the officer, I do not deserve to have you come under my to come into my house. King James says under my roof. Just give the order and my servant will get well. Somebody say give the order. (laughs) Just give the order and my servant will get well. Just give the order. Now we're reading the Bible and in church people have a tendency to Agree with the Bible. (laughs) But outside of church, sometimes folks don't realize how inconsistent their thinking is with what they read in church. Now here's a man, obviously, with serious physical problems. He's unable to move, some kind of paralysis. He's in intense pain, suffering terribly. We would say he needs medical attention. He may need some strong drugs. He may need some surgeries. What the centurion said was he needed Jesus to give the order. To give the order. Now I'm not knocking medical science. I'm thankful for all good doctors and nurses. and It's, a, it's an honorable field and A lot of us wouldn't be here, (laughs) right, if it wasn't for people and and especially for believers in the field who not only have the expertise but use their faith as well. Who was that we were talking to a while back and and they, um, nobody would operate on this individual and uh, this surgeon, renowned surgeon, one of the top in the field, he said, he, he sent us a testimony, the surgeon sent us a testimony. He said he would do it because he believed God would show him how to do it. (laughs) Nobody else would touch it. 
And while he's in the operating room, the anointing came on him. And he did what they didn't think could be done. And the person's fine and recovered. Thank God. Thank God. And, and the Lord wants people in every field of endeavor, believers, who will use their faith to go beyond what men know how to do. But we're not limited to what men can do. There is spiritual ministry, not just natural, but spiritual power that can affect things. And that's what this man is acknowledging. If you just speak and give the order, my servant will be healed. A lot of people scoff and mock at things like that. What do you mean? You're just going to say, talk to it and it's going to change? So people scoff at that. They mock at that. They think, ah, that's some kind of hocus pocus, you know. Oh, yeah, y'all are, y'all are that confess it, possess it bunch, aren't you? That, that blab it, grab it. Watch who you're talking about. <laughs> it's Jesus who said this and did this. Mark 11, 23 is Jesus speaking. Y'all are one of them. Well, if you're talking about being a Jesusite, amen. We're one of them. Talking about following him, acting like him. If you're not following him, who are you acting like? Who's your example? You, got a, you found a better one? I think not. He said, just give the order and my servant will get well. I want you to say that again. Just give the order and my servant will get well. Just give the, the faith command. And it'll happen. Again, like I said, in our generation, people have gone to school and read a few books, and they think this is superstitious. This is, you know, whatever. This, this is not reality. It must be symbolic somehow. No. It actually happened. Or you don't believe the Bible. Now, if you don't believe the Bible, first of all, why are you in church? <laughs> but you, you don't believe the Bible you can't be a Christian and you're not saved it's a serious business it starts in the first verse of the first book in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth you say well I don't know about all that well then you're not a believer you're not saved sorry you need to make a big change and it's not a matter that you can't believe it. It's a choice. You choose what you believe and what you don't. Well, if God created everything by what he said, why would it be a thing thought strange to us that things could be altered by faith-filled words, by words spoken with authority and faith? It's how God the Father operates. It's how Jesus operated when he walked the earth. And he did it not as God. He did it as a man. He did it as a man showing us how to do it. Then when he left, we, we talked about this some, some weeks earlier. He said, all authority and all power has been given to me in heaven and earth. And the very next verse, he said, so you go. Yeah. <laughs> 
you go and you do this. And in Mark, he said, you cast out spirits and you lay hands on the sick and, and you, well, what a, how do you understand that? He's got the authority. How come I'm going and doing stuff? Because Jesus left the earth. He sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. He's the head. You're the body. We're the body. And this authority that he has got. How how many understand you can't say, my head has all the authority, but below the neck, none. (laughs) There's no authority. You know, my neck has no authority. My chest, sorry. None. Arms, none. No. No, the body is one. It's connected. And he that's joined to the Lord has even been made one spirit with him. Which is why he said, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. Why? Because he got the authority. And he gave it to us in his name. And he sent the same spirit that was on him to us. Hallelujah. And if we got the same authority in his name and the same spirit he had, why shouldn't we see the same kind of things happen in our life? Words spoken in faith and power changing things in our life. If you say, I don't believe all that, well, you won't be bothered with it. It won't happen in your life. These signs will follow them that believe. Are you them that believe? Yes. Huh? Yes. <laughs> one of them, are you one of them? Yes. One of them Jesusites? One of them yes. believe in miracles? Yes. Huh? One of them speak the word in Jesus' name? Yes. Actually expect something to happen? Yes. Well, let them mock if they want to. But then it won't be long they'll be coming around asking you how you got it. How, how did it happen? Yeah. Wanting prayer. And you can help them too. He said, just give the order and my servant will get well. Not we'll see what happens. Not I hope. Not even if it be thy will. Uh, No. Just give the order and my servant will get well. Faith is simple. And it's confident. The more complicated it gets, the weaker the faith. Verse 9, I too am a man under the authority of superior officers, and I have soldiers under me. Do you hear this phrase, under, under? I order this one, go. What happens? He goes. I order that one, come. What happens? He comes. I order my slave, do this. What happens? He does it. Now, this is the greatest faith Jesus said he'd ever seen. And what are we talking about? We're talking about command authority. Talking about submission to authority. And exercise of authority. Do many people think of that when they think of faith? No, but we should. Keep reading. He said, when Jesus heard this, He was surprised. That's the T-E-V. Others, the King James says what? He marveled. Other translations said he was amazed. How many figure Jesus not just amazed at everything and anything? (laughs) He said to the people following him, I tell you, I have never found anyone in Israel with faith like this. 
That includes the 12 that were with him. (laughs) And the 70. Is that right? That includes everybody. That includes all the rulers of the synagogue that were listening. All the doctors of the law. All the Pharisees that studied the scriptures every day, all day long. And like we mentioned, it's amazing how you don't find faith sometimes where you think you would. Somebody that goes to church all the time. And how you do find faith sometimes in places that surprise you. Because the two places we found what Jesus called great faith, they were not doctors of the law. They were not rulers of the synagogue. They were not people that prayed all day and night. One of them was a Syrophoenician, the Canaanite woman, and, and not, not a Jewish proselyte. This one, Roman soldier, officer. He's a fighting man. Yet what are we given that reveals the qualities of greatest faith? Let me mention three things to you that, that you can see that's, that should be obvious. He said, I hadn't found anyone in Israel with faith like this. One, this man recognized the authority and anointing on Jesus. He's saying, if you just give the command, something will happen. He recognized that authority and that anointing. He also, number two, he recognized the grace of it. He said, I don't deserve it. We live in a society today that talks so much about entitlement. Just because you're born, something's owed to you. Just because, you know, you're part of a family, you're part of a group, or you're part of a nation, things are owed to you. This is wrong thinking. And when it comes to God, nothing is owed to you because you exist. Because of who you are. Now everything has been made available to us. Because of what Jesus has done. But it's completely undeserved. Completely unmerited. You never come to the Lord. You know acting like he owes you. To meet your needs. Or pay your bills. Or heal your body or whatever. Because I'm a good Christian. Because that's. You're not in a place to receive doing that. And that's what this man, he said, no, no, Lord, you don't, you don't need to come under my roof. And if you read the other account, you see he sent people. He said, neither thought I myself worthy to come to you. That's why he sent the elders of the Jews. He said, but, but just give the command. Just give the command. Just give the order. And my servant will be healed. Thirdly here, a recognition of submission and authority. Now, now the very word submission is despised (laughs) by much of our generation. And if you talk about being under anybody about anything, folks go, no, I ain't under nobody. (laughs) I'm an American. (laughs) Thank God for freedoms as an American, but there's something else you should be besides just an American. If you're a Christian... That means you are under him. Somebody say under. under. You're under him. And we've found out that's the only way to be over the enemy. Is to be under him. Can you look in James with me again? James, the fourth chapter. James 4 and 6 
It says he, God, he gives more grace. Wherefore God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Verse 7, submit yourselves. Who's going to make you do that? Nobody's going to make you do that. It's you. You submit yourself to God. Then he says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Can you see this? The Young's literal says it like this. Be subject then to God. Stand up against the devil and he'll flee from you. The only way to exercise authority over the devil is to submit yourself under God. You think about what the centurion was saying. He's saying, just give the order and my servant will be healed. And then he went on to explain why he believes that. He says, because I am a man under authority. What does that mean? I got people over me that give me orders. And I submit to them and I obey them. And I got soldiers under me. We know he had at least a hundred under him. And I give them orders and they obey my orders. And then he's just explaining why he's saying, and if you give the order, my servant will be healed. Is it true that spiritual things are under every natural thing and behind every natural thing and just like someone natural can follow an order, spiritual things must obey and must comply when orders are given. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. You know, uh, you you read that in the um, account of Jesus ministering to Peter's mother-in-law. In fact, just turn over there to Luke. Luke 4. Luke 4 and 38. Jesus arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house. That's Peter, Simon Peter. And Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever and they besought him for her. This is Luke 4, 38. So this is Simon's wife's mother, Simon's mother-in-law. And Dr. Luke said she, if you read the other account, said she had a fever. Dr. Luke said she had a great fever. And so she's apparently delirious with fever. She's in a bad way. And so they besought him for her. Now again, you don't see any word, anything that implies they think she deserves anything or they deserve anything, besought. They're asking. And they must believe something could be done. They must believe in the authority and the power or they wouldn't be asking. Please do something. Come on, can you see that? And verse 39, he stood over her and did what? Rebuked the fever. I know years ago I read that and I thought, now hold on, hold on. Jesus is not praying. He's not praying here. He's not asking the Father to do anything. He's not talking to Peter's mother-in-law. Right? Didn't say he rebuked Peter's mother-in-law. She may not even be conscious. Right? So who's he talking to? A fever? Jesus is talking to a fever. How would people think about that today if I talked to a fever? 
So who's he talking to? (laughs) Jesus spoke to trees, didn't he? He spoke to the wind. He spoke to the waves. Smith says, yeah, but Brother Keith, that's Jesus. Yeah, and he's doing it as a man. Philippians says he emptied himself of his mighty weight and glory and power and became like other men. And we just got through quoting. He said, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also in greater works. If he did them as the son of God, how can I believe that? But if he did them as a man, anointed with the spirit, and he would anoint us like in the same fashion, we see the glorious possibilities. So I thought, now hold on, he's talking to a fever. When's the last time you spoke to a fever? That may be too long. A fever. And I, and I read that and I thought, can fevers hear? Can a, can a fever hear? A fever. A fever. And I read the next phrase, it said, and, and what? It left her. I thought, yep, fevers can hear. He rebuked it and the fever left. Oh, friends, as believers, so many believers are not remotely walking in the authority and power that we've been given. Not not even thinking you could or you should. I mean, if you see any kind of infection, any kind of thing on your body or around your body that shouldn't be there, you don't just need to beg God incessantly to do something about it. He told you to do something about it. You should speak to it in his name. Come on, is anybody listening in here? Command it to die, dry up, get out of your body, leave your body. I mean, anything wrong with your kidneys, anything in your lungs, anything in your liver, whatever it may be. If a fever can hear, a headache could hear. Is that right? Cancer can hear. You believe it or not? Age can hear. Whatever it may be. But if you think, well, I don't don't know about all that. Well, there's no faith there. There's no confidence there to say it. It's not a magic incantation. It's not just finding the exact right words to say and bingo, it happens. It's a matter of confidence of faith. Jesus walked in there. Peter's mother-in-law is laid out. He looked at it, at her, and he didn't talk to the father. He didn't talk to her. He said, fever, get out of here. How do you rebuke a fever? (laughs) He didn't have a nice conversation with him. He rebuked it. He didn't say, now fever, (laughs) you you can't stay. I know know you like to stay, but he rebuked rebuked. Yes. Now the reason I say that is because you can't play with these things. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You got to get past your tentativeness. God didn't give us a spirit of fear. Other translations say timidity. God didn't give us a spirit of timidity, but a power and love and sound mind, which is why I'm preaching to you like this. <laughs> Instead of saying we hope so, we see, I think, maybe, if, because that's not how things change. 
Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He rebuked the fever and it left her. And immediately she got up and said, y'all hungry? Well, it said she ministered. She ministered to him. And, and you also see the best use of a healing. The Lord didn't heal you just so you could watch a bunch of junk on TV pain free. Right? Now, with your new healing and your strength, get up and serve the Lord. Is that right? Minister to Him and His do something. Natural things matter when they benefit the kingdom. So she got up immediately and ministered to them. Can you say glory to God? Somebody say thank you Lord. Praise God. Look with me over in Mark, if you would please. Thanks be to God. Very familiar passage of scripture to some of you around here, but Mark 11. Has anybody ever gleaned all the light and truth out of Mark 11, 22, 23, 24? No. Nope, I'll tell you no. I tell you, I'm not quite ready to go there. Go to Ephesians 1. Hold your place in Mark. Ephesians 1. The centurion told him, he said, I am a man under authority. And I have soldiers under me. This describes rank. Is there rank in the body of Christ? I'm getting different looks across the crowd. Some, some are going, yep, yep. Others are going, mm. Others are just nothing, no response at all. Is there rank? You know, I think that calls for even some new scriptures. I was thinking about getting ready to close, but now this thing is just... <laughs> It's growing on us. Like I said, if you get enough, you say, I've had enough. Okay, just slip out. Just be nice about it. Don't bother anybody else. We may not have had enough. They'll put this on the screen for us. You can turn if you want to. 1 Thessalonians 5.12. 1 Thessalonians 5.12. He said, we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord. And admonish you. And esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. And be at peace among yourselves. Over you in the Lord. Are there people who are over you in the Lord? Who are they? Can you name them? Go to Hebrews, the 13th chapter. This is a foreign concept to a lot of church-going people. But it also is a reason why many don't operate in what you'd call great faith. In reading, you know, about the centurion's great faith, what qualities, what understanding did he have that enabled him to have this great faith? What are we told? Of all the things we could have been told, his understanding was, I'm a man. Under authority. I have people under me. 
And they obey my, I obey my superior's orders. People under me obey my orders. And Lord, if you'd just give the order, my servant will be healed. And he did. And he was. In Hebrews 13, 7. Hebrews 13, 7 says, remember them. He wouldn't say remember if there wasn't something pulling on you to forget. Which have the rule over you. Are there people that have the rule over you? Who have spoken to you the word of God. Now that gives you some insight into who these people would be. Spoken to you the word of God whose faith follows. So that means they're living by faith. They're walking by faith. Giving you an example you can follow. Considering the end of their conversation or of their lifestyle. Uh, skip down to verse 17 in this same chapter here. Hebrews 13, 17. Here it says, obey them. <laughs> now that's not a popular phrase. <laughs> that's pretty much been removed. That used to be in marriage ceremonies. To love and obey. And that's, pretty, that's gone. <laughs> in most... <laughs> I'm getting looks all across the crowd. Just because the world changes doesn't mean God changed. Just because the world changes doesn't mean the Bible changes. And the Lord's not doing anything to hurt us. But there are answers here, big answers, as to why people have been coming short in their faith. Because would this man have been a centurion in authority over the soldiers under him if he wasn't somebody that would follow a command? Would the Roman superiors have allowed him to be in that position? Absolutely no. He had to be somebody who would obey without hesitation and follow without question. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves Who's going to make you submit to those that have the rule over you? Nobody. If you don't submit yourself, it's not going to happen. Submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that's unprofitable for you. The Lord has, when he ascended on high, he gave gifts to men, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and these gifts are for the benefit of the people. But if you don't submit yourself to it, you won't get the full benefit out of it. You just won't. Keep on reading. That was verse 17. And in verse 24, he says it again at the end of the, the chapter. Salute all them that have the rule over you and all the saints. They of Italy salute you. So, this is between you and the Lord more than anything else. But if you don't know, if you're not sure, you need to get to seeking him. Now, first of all, you need to bow your knee to his lordship. Yes. Is that right? Yes, sir. Because all of us are under him. Yes. Right? Yes, sir. And you need to remind yourself of that on a regular basis. I am not my own Lord. No. I don't run my own life. We had somebody, you know, kind of pushing us the other day about doing something. They wanted the church to do this or to do that or to let them do this. And uh, 
I learned, thankfully, years ago, I don't need a reason not to do something. I need a leading to do it. So if you push me on something, my immediate standard answer is no. (laughs) Because I don't need, I don't need a reason not to do something. I need a direction from the head to do it. And uh, I've had even fellow ministers get irritated with me and say, well, why won't you, won't you do this meeting with me? Or, or why won't you come and be a part of this conference that we asked you to? Or why won't you do this? And, and sometimes I've had to tell them, it's nothing against you personal. Brother, I, I like you. Aren't I your friend? I hope so. Am I not going to be your friend because I don't come to your meeting? I said, listen, brother, I don't do what I want to do. Why should I just automatically do what you want me to do. So this is not as real to people as it should be. But if I, if Phyllis and I are under shepherds. That's why I use that term. That's a scriptural term. Under shepherds. What? A shepherd under the great shepherd. If we're doing this right. We're not just doing uh, these things around the church and the ministry. Like we want to. Or our personal preference. Right our personal likes or dislikes. If we're doing it like we're supposed to, we're going to him. Right. Who's over us. Right. Who we're under. We're asking him. Right. Seeking him about it. Right. And then there's been numerous times. I mean, this, this past week I did about three things. Wouldn't have been my personal preference to do. <laughs> but I don't work for me. Amen. I have a Lord. Yes. Do you have a Lord? Yes. I'm not my own Lord. I'm not directing my own life. I'm seeking him. I also have elders that have been in this much longer and further than me. And that God has ministered to me through them. And I greatly respect what they say. And if they call, man, as a usual thing, I'll go. Right? Unless the Lord specifically said something differently. And uh, he, he will say things and give you things through these people that he's put in your life as well. For, because one of the ways you will never catch your elders is in experience. No matter how much you study, no matter how much you pray, they just got started before you did. Right? And there's an anointing for that position that you don't have either. And between those two things, they can oftentimes, they will oftentimes see things you don't see and see it in a way that you don't see it. And for your sake, the Lord will give them words and wisdom that surpasses them. They won't even know why they're saying it, but it'll mean something to you. But it'll be something you won't just get directly from the head of the church. You'll get from the head through the body part he told you to submit to. And obey. Come on, can you see that? And someone says, why do they do it that way? Ask him. (laughs) But just be prepared for him to not give you all the answers on these things. A lot of times he'll just say, trust me. Trust me. Amen. And that's what all this is about. Why you don't see complete submission is because of a lack of complete trust. That's it. When you will immediately obey, even though you don't understand, you're trusting somebody. Aren't you? And the greatest faith is the greatest trust. 
And so that's what this man is saying. He said, when I tell my soldiers to do it, they do it. When my superiors tell me to do something, I do it. You don't go, well, how are we doing that? How do, mm-mm. The, the, the Roman army was very, very disciplined. That's right. And that's one reason we've given this example of this centurion. He didn't get this job by being sloppy. He didn't get this, quest, this job by questioning orders. Right. Right. By, by being defiant. Look, look, while we're talking, I thought of another verse. (laughs) Isaiah 1, 19. You know it. You don't have to turn there. They'll put it on the screen for us. Isaiah 1, 19. Does anybody remember this one? If you be what? Willing Willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Anybody like the sound of that eating the good of the land? That's, that's eating the good, wearing the good, driving the good, living in the good. Other translations say the best, the best of the land. Verse 20, though, goes with it. See, that's, uh, that wasn't the end of the, the, the statement. It was a colon there or something. Yeah. Verse 20. But, but if you refuse and rebel. You'll be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. If you're willing and obedient, good of the land. If you got an attitude, nobody can tell you what to do, you're going to be devoured. Ephesians 2 2. Just put that on the screen for us, please. It says, Ephesians 2 2. It says, in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. In 2 Corinthians 4.4, Satan is called the God of this present world. People try to tell you, God's in control, God's in control. No, God, our Father, is not controlling this world. I mean... People might fall off their chair when you say that. But how can Satan be the God of this present world and God be controlling everything? No, it's because of man's sin and man's disobedience and the devil rebelled against God, convinced a third of the angels to join the rebellion. That's amazing to me. Is it to you? But one thing Phyllis and I were talking the other day and I realized... The devil invented lying. So these angels had never heard lying. Think about that. He invented lying. God didn't invent lying. Satan fathered deception and lying. And so it could be that these other angels, only thing they've ever heard is truth. And they're used to believing everything they hear. Anyway... The devil has breathed his spirit of rebellion and defiance and disobedience into the whole environment of this world. The spirit that works in the children of disobedience. And so you'll see it in a little one. I mean, can't talk good yet. But they learn this. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> and people laugh, but it ain't funny. 
It ain't funny. It's what the devil did. It's what caused their fall. It's what caused the fall of Adam and Eve. They didn't listen. They didn't obey. And now after almost 40 years of ministry, I'm convinced this is the biggest problem in the earth. You said the biggest problem? I believe so. What do you mean? Won't listen. People that won't listen. And if you won't listen to any men or women, you can write it down. You won't listen to God either. Because through some of these people, he's talking to you or trying to. And I have seen Phyllis and I, we just, we, we've wept over it at times. You just know if people would listen and they'd make that change and they'd stop that and they'd start this and they'd cut off those ungodly influences and get in some good influences, their life could be so much different. They could come out of the problems. God will forgive you of anything. He, he can fix anything if, if you listen to him. But if you won't, you can get in a place where God himself can't help you. And that's a giant statement. Why? Because he has ordained not to override your will. So he will protect your right to say no to him if it destroys you, if it sends you to hell. He will protect your right to do it. But if you will have a humble heart, like the master, he said, come learn of me. I'm meek, lowly of heart. You'll find rest to your soul. And if you'll trust that when he tells you something, you don't argue. You don't back talk. You don't reason. You don't procrastinate for the next five years. Come on, say, say it out loud. I'm under the Lord. He is my master. You're under him. So when he tells you something, just because you totally trust him, here we go. Right? Here we go. Well, why? We'll find out later why. You say, right? How come this? We'll find out. But I know this. If The, the, the big thing you got to make sure is that it's him. Right? That it's him. But when you got that part, don't hesitate. Obey immediately. Obey unquestioningly. Without reservation. Without hesitation. Obey. And friend, when you do that, it puts you in a place, a protected place of power. Because under him, now you can command the enemy. And he has to obey you. The Bible said you resist the devil. What had happened? He will flee. He will flee from you. I'm telling you, I, I don't know if I'm saying it adequately, but the worst thing that can happen to you is to be disobedient, to be rebellious, to be defiant. And all you got to do to be that way is just wake up in the morning and act like you feel. I'm telling you, because the entire world, this entire world is filled with this spirit of disobedience. Can you see it right and left? This attitude of nobody can tell me what to do. I don't have to listen to you. You sure don't. You don't have to listen to God. You don't have to listen to anybody. And it will cost you. Oh, it will cost you. It will cost you. 
And this is something that is so foreign to the world. But Jesus absolutely submitted himself to the Father. He said, I I don't do anything of myself. I don't do my own will. I do the will of him that sent me. I don't speak my own words. I only say what I hear him say. I only do what I see him do. Did Jesus walk in power? Did he walk in authority? It was because he was completely submitted to the one over him. Can you see that? In fact, 1 Corinthians 15 goes into great detail that the Father has put all things under his feet, but that it should be obvious that the one who put it under his feet is exempt from that. And that when all things are fulfilled, then Jesus himself is submits himself under the Father. Well, man, if Jesus submits himself to the Father, why shouldn't we submit ourselves, right, to him and to all anybody he has put over us? But it ta- you got to get a hold of this flesh because everybody's got flesh. Everybody's got flesh. And just like that, uh, that two-year-old learns that word, no, <laughs> your flesh. So, I mean, even when, when the Lord is trying to do something good for you, it, it can rub you the wrong way. Or, here's a revelation now. People that are over you in the Lord, that God put over you. You know one of their biggest problems? They're like you. They're like you. And they may not say it as kind as they should say it. And they may not do it just the way they should do it, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't listen. And if you look for every excuse not to submit and not to obey, you'll find it. The Lord can show you, well, yeah, but you know, if they're going to talk to me like that, then I don't, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't nobody's servant. Ain't ain't nobody's slave. Ain't nobody's slave. Well, that includes the Lord, I guess. Praise God. Oh, no, no, I'm the Lord. Well, he told you to submit to some people. Did he or not? So how can you submit to him and you're not doing what he told you to do? That's right. You got to do what he told you to do if you're truly submitting to him and the Lordship of Jesus. Can you say amen? Praise God. Well, this has been different today, hasn't it? Did I leave, leave you with some verses that we didn't go to? Because I don't want to. Someone said, oh, that's good enough. No, no, I don't, I don't want to short you. Yeah, you forgot Ephesians and Philippians too. And Mark. Don't get concerned. Go to Ephesians 1, please. I'm going to back up a little bit on this because this is so, so big in what we're reading about talks about what Jesus did and what he obtained for us. He's praying in Ephesians 1.19 that we would know what is the exceeding greatness of the power is to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far Above. Everybody say, far above. The centurion 
His great faith was connected to his understanding of submission and authority. Over, above, and under. Over and under. And here, Jesus is given the authority and name far above all principality and power and might and dominion, far above every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. This is a forever kingdom. Jesus is forever the King of kings and Lord of lords. His name is forever the name above all names. And you have the privilege of using it. This name. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Verse 22. And, somebody say, and. And And he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church. Who's the church? Which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. This authority, this power over all principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named, that authority is not just on the head, it's on the whole body. The head's connected to the body. Look in Philippians. He says a similar thing here. Philippians chapter 2. Thank you, Lord. Philippians 2. He said, verse 3, verse 5 rather, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. We could say it like this, for him to lay aside the abilities as God. He didn't act like he was being robbed. He did it volitionally. He made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. Other translations bring out that he emptied himself. He laid aside his mighty weight and power and glory, became like other men. And being found in fashion as a man, he did what? He did what? Humbled himself and became obedient. Unto death. How far did Jesus obey? All the way. There's nothing he wouldn't do that the Father told him to do. Nothing. When he prayed in the garden, when he sweat blood, and he said, Father, if it's anything's possible with you, and if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will. Your will be done. This is submission. This is obedience. Is this your example? You want to be rebellious like the devil? Or you want to be submissive and obedient like the master? We've got to watch what we emulate. The the, enemy is real tricky about this. He'll try to get people in front of you that are rebellious and defiant. And because they have some kind of measure of success, try to get you to emulate them and be like them. But you don't want to be anything like the enemy of God. You don't want to have any disobedience or defiance about you. You want to be like the master. He humbled himself 
and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Verse 9, wherefore, God also has what? Highly exalted him and given him a name, which is above. Oh, come on, can you see this thing? Under and above, under and above. How many believe Jesus is sat down right now at the right hand of majesty on high? There ain't no higher place. There is no higher position. How did he get there? How did he get at the highest place? Because nobody's ever gone any lower than he went in obedience. Come on, can you see this? He humbled. That's what this passage is showing, the contrast how far he went in humility and obedience, even to the death of the cross, that's all the way down. He went to the heart of the earth for us. Nobody made him. He humbled himself. Wherefore, because of that, God has highly, oh, somebody say highly, 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 exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in the heaven or beings in the earth and beings under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Oh, somebody say thank you, Lord. Stand on your feet, everybody. Stand on your feet. Say thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Lord, we give you glory. Lord, we give you honor. We magnify you. We praise your holy name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.